0: Hemshe Chaim Volume 1, we begin Discourse 15, page Kuvdalad 104, Chapter Nun Zion 57. The overall theme is the distinction between transcendent energy, otherwise known as the root of erhasev, makif whose uh, function is nothing but to reveal its source and to express its source, gili mina etsem and immanent energy otherwise known the root of mamali, of primi the ten hidden spheres before the tzimtzum, which is purpose and function is to higher elemas, esa Illness. To radiate within and be internalized in existence. So both are Ør, meaning they both are emitting divine energy, but with very different roles. And in explaining this, we began first with a discussion. Obviously the first 46 chapters of I.M. Bayes was primarily but it was all about imminent energy. Eris and Kalim, energies and containers, their roots in the ten hidden spheres, the Kav, the symptoms impact on all of that. And page in chapter 46, he began to say, and that all is the internal energy, imminent energy. And then, from there he started to go into now the comparison to the transcendent energy, which is Keser, which is where the whole point of discussion began in the beginning of the discourse, chapter 1. And he began to compare the two, and define their, their, their distinctions. And the primary example that he began with, was the difference between rotzen and Kreychus. So Ratzin, which is kesser, and Kreychus, which are the faculties. And that's the example that he used only in the beginning of the Hemshech, in chapter 2, 3, 4. Is that rotzen is similar as Gilimina Etzem. It has no substance of its own. All it is, is a reflection, expression of the soul, its desires. And the faculties is how it gets done, the instruments, and there the function is to implement something. Lahoyedas is to have a, a relationship with something else outside of itself, and to manifest there in a, in a form of islapsus, which means internalized and integrated. And then to go there, the last discourse fourteen, he said another example of faculty desire and faculties. Let's take it back now, the What's lamaila? Eir Eyn Saf. is Eyn that the energy, the divine em- emission. I've been using the word transmission, and I want to correct myself. Do you emission and transmission is transmission means something transmits, absorbs an energy coming from a source, absorbs it and transmits it further. An em- emitter, emission, is the thing itself is giving off its own energy. So in truth is when you say divine emission, you're really saying, God is not a divine transmitter. You could say energy is a transmitter of the divine's uh, plan and so on. But emission maybe would, would be better, divine emission rather than transmission. But just the technicality. So in beginning chapter, in, in discourse 14, meaning chapter 50, um, 50 uh, uh, three, until where we are now, he began to Air Sof, that the energy itself is Sof, Not just that its sources ain't sof for the reasons he explained. And to explain that, what does it mean that the energy itself is Ainsof? He's talking obviously primarily the transcendent energy. is because of the difference between Air and Shafa. So Air and Shafa is now another way to explain the transcendent and the imminent. So Air is uh, we'll start with Shefa, he starts with Shafa. Shafa is a something of substance is being transmitted. It impacts the source, and it requires an involvement, a commitment, work, effort, exertion. The classic example is a teacher and a student. He gave other examples. Air, on the other hand, doesn't have any of the three that I just mentioned. It's no substance. The energy has no substance of its own. I mean, it has particles, but it means there's no entity being transmitted that will remain with the recipient or emitted and remain with the recipient too, it doesn't have an impact on the source. And three, it doesn't require efforts. And the three examples he gave for it, primarily two examples, is sunlight, which all three are there. The sun does not, the energy is just, the light of the sun is just light. Nothing, it's not a personality, it doesn't have a whole identity. Um, take away the source, the light is gone. Two, the that doesn't have any impact on the sun, whether it shines or it doesn't shine, whether whether there are clouds or not. And three, the sun doesn't have to immerse itself and involve itself and work at emitting light. The second example is the soul. Same thing with the soul. The soul does not, uh, the soul, the energy of the soul is only energy of the soul. There he doesn't really talk about the substance of it, but it's the same idea, just a reflection of the soul. Take away the soul, there's nothing there, it remains. The soul does not affect is not affected by the energy that it gives off. And three, it doesn't have to work. It comes off automatically. And the third example, which is I mean I guess a sub example, was a flame that heats objects, that heats metal. And there too, the metal is being heated automatically by the flame. The flame does not have to exert itself. And uh, and the flame is not impacted by what it's heating, and obviously the the third, the first aspect, maybe not there exactly, but the same idea. Then he qualifies this in the last chapter. This was all chapter fifty. What I just said now is chapter fifty-five, chapter fifty-six. The last chapter we learned. He qualifies it, that both the the two, two examples of the sun. And the soul, each one have, have, have a, an element that the other one doesn't have that explains the example better, relating to God. The soul's so-called weakness in the example is that the soul is bound by the body. Is bound by the body. Can't be giving life to another body. In that aspect, it's somewhat like the teacher is immersed and applying himself to the student. He can't be doing something else. So though there's no effort on the soul's part, and though there's uh, the soul itself is not impacted, but it is tofus, nitfus, in this body. Whereas the sun is not, the sun remains apart from. It. So in this aspect, the sunlight, sun, is more, is more compatible with the divine, because the divine is not bound by the place that it shines or radiates. On the other hand, On the other hand, there was one more thing I should have mentioned with light, that light also reflects this essence. And like he says, it's similar to the etsem, whereas shafa is only the fi'ifin ha'etzam. That's also a critical point, because that too is in the divine light, the transcendent light is reflecting the essence of zain Sof, so the two is zain Sof. Whereas shafa is already more involved with where it's, where the recipient goes, so it's still air in the sense that it's still coming from, it's still emitting from the divine source, but it's no, it's only um, informed by the source as opposed to being a reflection of the source's personality, so to speak. Anyway, going back to the soul, so that's the downside side of the soul. The upside of the, the upside of the soul, the downside of the sun is that it has to shine. The sun is created to shine; it has no choice. Muchach. The soul, on the other hand, is a gilu it's, it's by will. And he brought two proofs. One is that you see the soul can conceal its faculties completely like Avramovino who concealed it by the Akedah. And the, the second example was Gilgulim, was reincarnation where the soul completely is concealed from the fact that it may be uh, inside of a, an animal. And he discussed the details of that back and forth, back and forth, which we discussed. Which re- Bottom line comes down to this, that the soul... Has a quality that the sun doesn't have in the example, and the sun has a quality that the, sun, the soul, the soul doesn't have. So the gilu ritseni that is by desire obviously is more fitting to the divine, because the divine doesn't have to shine. And then he he concludes that with saying these are the two forms of energy: transcendent energy and immanent energy. So he does tie it up. So the discussion that began chapter fifty in chapter in chapter forty six is in a way coming to a close here even though he's going to continue, but he de- definitely ties it up, that this is transcendent energy and imminent energy, and it's all part of the extension of the discussion in this, in this Discourse 14, that I said that began in Chapter 53, about what is Eir and shefa. And of course he applied it beautifully to Sheftim Veshetim, which I'm not going to review now, that was yesterday's class. And in the context of the interface, obviously, these are two critical elements in the interface. Transcendent energy is so-called representing the source in its purest form. Imminent energy is also representing the source. It's also doing what the source wants, but it's now doing what the source wants, and it's the instruments to speak to existence. So these two are critical. And we see at the end of the discourses, when he explains the verses, he keeps emphasizing, I notice it's almost in every end, that Makif and Primi have to come together. In the actual discourse itself, before he comes to answer the questions at the end, doesn't emphasize that yet. But clearly that's the ultimate goal, where they both are they both work with each other and both contribute to each other. In sheftin Vashitram he said that, in the Maimra Nachemu he said that, and and the, the Maimur Simba Mishbatipad and the Maimra Ati Yisrael. So all of them that's where he brings these two elements together and it's really the like a central theme that really explains so many verses. That's what you also see here, that almost every and container, every concept in Torah, is explained by these two ideas, makif and primi, transcendent energy and imminent energy, and how they work closely together. So now we begin discourse number 15, that the Fridic Rebbe's summary on the discourse number 15 is what? As I said, the summary of the teichin as So sheftim was erin sof, er v'shefa. The last Mimer was erin sof, the Air light and shefa flow. And Kiseitze, he says, Ir makif Which obviously is within the theme of our discussion. So we're on chapter, page one oh four, we begin Kiseitse When you will go out to war upon your enemies, your adversaries, your foes, and God will give them to you in your in your hands. Means you will conquer them, vanquish them. We have to understand what is the meaning of the words kisayt say. You will go out. Luchet means to go out. you see it, to go out. Kisaylach when you will go. Selach is the word to go to wage war. Kisaylach la molchama. What And also that which it says that God will give you that will give them to you in your hands literally, which means that you will win over them, it seemingly contradicts what it says right before that, that you will go out to war, the apparent meaning of that is when you will go out, when you will wage war, meaning it's in your power, it's your initiative, it's your effort, and the words right afterwards says, and God will give them to you, is what, is what God gives from above. So in other words, is this a miraculous type of war, or is it a natural type of war? Say <laughs> means you go out to wage war, and God will um, will give them to you. Obviously, you could answer that, you go out to do your efforts, and God blesses you, but clearly, there's two different things going on here. One is you'll wage war, and the second, that apparently is, your effort and the national kingdom is none that is be given from above. Peter <clears> in the commandment now now in Matthew chapter isa post to say he loathe him and the post it says say also to say to go out and wage war with amalek the arch enemy of the Jewish people, who attacked them when they came out of Egypt, Mekan. The Medrash says, "From here we learn." From here we learn that they were the Jews when Nusunim. They were uh, th- at that point. They were placed. They were surrounded beneath. The- they were placed and they were. Um, okay. They're located below beneath the clouds of glory. Because you don't say, say, go out, only to someone that is dwelling within. So you say, go out, go out of where? That means you're somewhere and you go out. So if that's the case, based on that medj, it says, say, say, here, there's a, a rule that the medj says. You don't say, say, unless someone is dwelling within. So also, this can be applied also here. It says, go out. It's also about someone who is dwelling within. And from the apparent meaning of the Madrash and from this context, is that within, where you're dwelling within, is not possible war. Only when you go out, that's where it's possible. That's why it says, "Because Because while you're dwelling within, there's no mechamor. That's why you go out, and that's where you say to or "Say hilochim or with amalek. And seemingly not understood, why do you need? To, why do you need to go out from within in order to wage war? V'gam it's it also. Appears, That the power to wage war is because you dwelled within. And through leaving within, from within, you have the power to wage war outside of you. Why is it mashma? Because why, you know, what's the point? What's the emphasis here? Why do we have to tell you leave? Because it means there's something that you have some power you have within. And you carry that with you, that gives you the power to fight outside of you. To understand all this, we have to preface that which was discussed earlier, the who Gili That the infinite the transcendent light is Gili Ha'etsim. It reveals, expresses the essence, the source. And that's why it's called Ensav. That's why it's called Ensav, because it's Poshit. It is seamless, formless, in the level, in the state of Pshittus Ha'atzmis, fundamental simplicity, fundamental formlessness. Interesting thing, I'm looking back in the previous discourse, and though he says in the beginning, he says, Ein Sof refers to the energy itself. That, is, that it is. is Pashto, it's a gilia etzem. But here, really, you can see the emphasis of why he brought that. In other words, in the last discourse he did, he. he, he um, let me just see something. <coughs> no, I'm sorry. He did say it specifically. No, he did say it at the end of the last chapter. So, in the last chapter, basically, what he's emphasizing now, that air ain't soft because it's air ain't soft because the air is gili the etzim. And then he continues here. When, therefore, to explain, and to explain this, he says, hefresh, and, we, and it was explained the difference between air and shefa. The expression air, which means light or energy, which means flow. Both are emissions. But different types. The In shefa, the something of substance, something substantial, essential, is emitted. The nimshach is emitted and transmitted. Maybe that's the difference between nishpah and nishpach. The kolosin hashpo ybchedeli fell, and the general, the general emission or transmission is in order to affect. It has a function to, to do something, to achieve something. And that's why it's in a form of meaning that that something is being manifest here and internalized. The transmitter or the emitter is contained by it, is committed to it, is involved in it. Since something of substance, something is really being transmitted here or emitted. He is he is committed to it. He's grasped by it. Nitvus means he's contained by it. He's confined by it. Invested in it. There's many ways to translate that. And also because the purpose of it is to affect and achieve something. So also the activity, the puller, not just the one the emitter but the action that he is initiating is also in the form of transitive lapsus <clears throat> so in other words you could you could say the source, okay, the source wants to now achieve ten spheres. He wants the structure of existence. So yes, there's a tfisius lapsus, he wants ten, not eleven, and so on. But you could say the energy itself, however, maybe is uh, remains sh- shapeless. He says no. The, the action itself of creating, the action itself is also in a form of manifestation. If you remember the examples he gave, let's say when we, when you create art or when you throw something, so throwing is just an external, you throw an object, stone. But when you draw something, not only is the artist involved, the act of drawing itself is reveals more and is itself an a internalized type of um, action, activity. And then he adds in the parentheses, And also from the perspective of the recipient, it's like almost a third thing. It also has to be a preparation to grasp and to contain the emission. by contrast, rather by contrast, light energy is only a reflection, not and therefore doesn't 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 emit in a form of where it manifests and and, uh, and um, is, is contained and manifest but the virtue of air yes the virtue of Shafa is that it's internalized the virtue quality of energy and light is that a gi that it's a, it's a revelation from the essence itself that's similar to the source and that's why the light and energy is also in a form of ofshitus of seamlessness of um, substanceless, of shapelessness. And he explains, that these two things, the first, the former, is the energy to radiate within the world, the imminent energy. And the latter is the energy light that is to reveal the essence. That has no end, and no Limits clearly in Sof can be synonymous, but sof means end, gvu means limit, parameter. And he said, the only thing we can call it is rots desire. He said that at the end of the last chapter. So now we continue within the discourse, chapter fifty-seven. Om adayin However, we still need to understand the haloi ba isn't it true, isn't it, Allah, isn't it a fact that in the example isn't it so that the examples, these two examples we've been using, the light and reflection of the sun, the light and the energy of the soul, they they also have a function. They're not just revealing something. They have both they have a function. But they They're there to achieve something. They're not just revelation of the essence. Yes, they have the elements that we spoke that they don't have to... It's not, it's not, manifest, it's not affecting them. It's not manifesting with effort, and isaskus and all of that. It's not a muhuzdavar. But to say that this is the example for the higher energy, the transcendent energy, which is just revealing the essence... And has no other function. How could you say that? Both these examples have a function. They live, they have to achieve something. Like we learned earlier, chapter 48. Let's see, 48. 48 was. Correct, that's when he said the sun is an example for Erd Ha-Mamale. Because its function, the whole purpose of the sun is to radiate the earth. As in chapter 48, page 84. That's where he said, The energy that comes the first day. That pierces through everything. And you can see from one end of the world to the other. That's an example of the higher energy. That the light sunlight is, is not just to... Um, to describe to give us an image to to give us a, a picture a snapshot of the essence of the source like it says God created the celestial bodies he put them in the heavens is to radiate this earth give an so it's not just a revelation of the essence. That's with the sun. In the second example as well. The chen er v'chayis ha-nefesh. In the second example, the same thing with the energy. With the light and, and, and energy of the soul. So it's interesting. By Shemes he says ziv er Ziv, And by, uh, by nefesh he says er v'chayis. Because in the soul, you have the element of also giving life. So it has an additional, additional uh, virtue. That also helps us understand because the divine energy that emits from the source gives life. The sun also helps life. But you can't say it's a life giver. So here we also have Chayes. <laughs> so the same thing with Erebe Chayes. <laughs> its union, meaning its purpose, its, its, its role. Is to affect an activity, to bring life, to, to to bring life into something. So that's the question. The example, seemingly, weakens this element that there's no that there's no function except to reveal the, the source. And now he's saying even more. The truth is also with Er-Makif, even the nimshal. This is the Moshe. The same thing above. Isn't it known that even the Er-Makif, that also the Er-Makif affects actions in these worlds, in the worlds. So it's not just revealing the essence. Even the Makif also has an effect on the world. Abhim Cain, and if that's the case, we need explanation. What then is the fundamental difference between the transcendent energy and the imminent energy? Before we said, the difference is, one is just like the color of an object. All it's doing is reflecting the source. The other one is specifically would not exist if you did not have worlds, and would not have a purpose for them to emanate, to radiate. And to be internalized in existence, but as you just established, both in the example and in also ermakif, you can't just say they have no puller that they don't that they have no in your lifel. They absolutely do have a function. So what's the difference between the two? Obviously, this is building up a case. You know clearly what he said earlier is all true. But he's now going into more detail and breaking it down. Indian, who, however, the Indian, and in this is the answer to this is the the thing that we derive, what is understood from both examples, the examples above, the above mentioned examples, the Kolshu who bechinus the Kolshu who in everything that is in, this, in a, in a um, state of light or energy, even the, that which it does affect, when it does affect something, it's not the way shefa affects. So he's now, of course, explaining this much deeper. In other words, not to be simplified and just say, it has no effect. He's explaining that what's understood from all the examples and everything we discussed is that the effect is different. The pu'ula b'sheb'china shefa, the effect, the impact that's on this, in the state of Shefa something that is called a Shefa flow is in a form that it is I keep looking for the word because I can't find the exact word for Tfisa it is um, it manifests within it while you're there you're there like you said the energy goes into the stone it's not just an oblivious aloof I mean, I, I can translate more the opposite of tvisa than tfisa. Not tfisa is like it's like two people having a conversation, and one of them says, "I'm in this conversation; you're not in it." You know, you're just you're just doing this uh, by, mechanically, or just be uh, it just to satisfy me. You ever hear you have such conversations where one person you don't feel there's a tefisa in the They're not committed to the conversation; they're not involved. So. Those, that would be the word. But the word involved itself is more than just involved. Meaning there's a certain applying yourself to it. He says applying yourself. You're grasped within it. That's uh, the way, and slapshous is obviously a little more than that. It's like slapshous, you're manifesting. You're now dressed in this garment. And you're not in another garment. Shefa works that way. However, the function. The impact of light, energy, is not in this type of involved, committed, applied way. He's going back to the example. Like in the light and reflection of the sun. And the same is also with the light and energy of the of the soul, of the spirit. Like discussed earlier chapter 55. So the sun, we see it very clearly. There's no difference where the sun shines. And same with the lightness energy of the soul. There's no difference between a coarse body or an edel, a refined and subtle body. He said all this earlier, that just like in the same body, in the one body, there's no difference of how life, the life force we're talking, goes into the more, the coarser organs or into the subtler organs, more refined organs. The same is there's no difference, a soul, the life that it gives to a coarse body or to a uh, refined body. Dak refined, edel subtle. I mean, let's define what this means. I don't think he's referring to necessarily a grub young, meaning, excuse me, somebody that is not refined spiritually. Guv gas means a heavy person, and guv dak means a, a a frail person or a a, a a thin person. He's speaking very physically here. kibshute, yeah. No, because you could say with edelkite, in Rukhnis, so, then there's but he's talking about the life force. He's not talking here about the, the, the spirituality of the soul. Yeah. Or is Kufnis. Nefesh. The biological life. So to say somebody, yeah, obviously someone that's overweight or big, it could be the other reasons that maybe they, they place danger. But the soul giving it life, it's not like he's less alive. Or let's say this is the soul working overtime because it has to now give life to a 300 pound person as opposed to a 100 pound person. That's the point here. Like the sun. The sun is very clear. The sun shines. It makes no difference if it's shining on the most beautiful palace, the Holy of Holies, or a garbage pile of have them. That's why within the body itself, he said, there's no difference between the head, giving the, the soul's life force inside the brain, inside the head, and the, uh, he says, Akev, Shabbat Egel, which is the most gas. Akev is sometimes called Malachamov Shabbat It's called the, 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 the angel of death within the human being, because the, the the heel, is the most, um, has the least amount of, uh, huh? Sensitivity. Yes, yeah, sensitivity, because it has to have the buffer to be able to walk on the ground. But to, to say a life force, God forbid, something happens even in the farthest point, extremity of the heel, it's as as alive as any other part of the body. There's no difference. You cannot distinguish in the life force that one part of the body is more alive than another. In the life force. I'm not talking about expression of the life force. So we see from this that the impact, the effect, the activity of air is not in the form of Islapsis vitvissi, he changes the order now. Instead of tvissi Islapsis. It's not in a form of manifestation, dressing up, committed, applied, all the words I used before, contained. Because if it would be, then it would not be equal in the two places. Think of a teacher emitting ideas. Yes, a student that has a thicker head and the one that has a more refined mind there's going to be a very big difference in how the flow will, will how the mission will take place. And the teacher will have to apply himself and say, this one I give like this, this one I give. Here the soul doesn't have that aspect. So it's important to contrast here. Just to talk, in other words, abstractly about sunlight and about the, the power, the energy, life force of the soul is not going to help us much. You want to talk about it in contrast. In contrast to Shafa, Eir is a completely different type of pool, not physically severe Still didn't answer the question. Does it mean that they said it's not? It, it doesn't. It doesn't have any function because we've established now that it has something. He's going to get back to that, but he's just saying the key thing from the examples that we know now is that they're not the same. Because now, now the primary difference between air and shefa, between the light and energy and shefa and the flow that we just described. Hainu, meaning, between imminent energy and transcendent energy. And I specifically using those words because we established that makiv does not mean outside like he says in Tanya. It means it's there, but it's concealed. It's not within, measured by the containers, but it's also in there, within all of existence. And er is nirgish, is sensed by the containers, and is is imminent, internalized, and integrated. The Air er Primi, what is the primary difference between them? The i Am Atmos The Air er Primi, its emission or transmission from the source, from the essence, from Atmus, is in a form of in a state in a state of muhus mitsiasdover, of of identity and substance. Let's explain what that means. Not abstinently substance that you can touch it with your fingers. It's ten spheres. Even in ten hidden spheres. Ten and not eleven. Ten and not infinite. The air makif and the transcendent energy, it's emission or transmission. It is fundamentally a different type of transmission. It's iron. It's substance-less. It has no shape and form. And you can't call it as a sphere. There's no ten. It's either unlimited or altogether no spheres. Just to use that as an example. So right there you have two types of emission going on. One has definition. And one doesn't, basically. One is Ein Sof, Ebeli Gvul, as he put it. And one has has some type of definition. It may not be limited energy. But the energy itself, like he said, the infinite energy, may He measured within himself. What did we say yesterday? The word "shir He, you said a word. He um, defines. Assess. Assess. You said evaluate. Evaluate. He evaluates. There's something going on. There's an evaluation going on. A mishpat, as he put it, in the end of last memory. Which means, from the root, from the beginning, not later. The That the beginning, the they the point of departure. The the beginning of the way they were transmitted, emitted and revealed from that, the their revelation from the essence. <laughs> the, 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 the imminent energy, internal energy, it says because atzmos is not up. I mean, is extent is uh, emerges from the essence is a mitzvah's dover, as something, some de- something of definition. The And the er emerges from the essence in a form of iron. So you have two different types of emissions. Now let me just qualify before anyone asks any questions. Obviously you start comparing er primi to kalim. And definitely to lower levels, it's also pretty fine iron. But if you go all the way to the, but if you subtly, in its root, these are two different types of emissions. Very, very different types. Just wanted to qualify that. Because remember, it's also air. Didn't call this kalim yet. That's why I said, we don't want to get stuck in words, because you start saying, one second, this sounds very awfully like kalim. So what's kalim anyway? And kalim of atzillas don't have any physical substance. They don't have any spiritual substance. So what's the difference between kalim and air? So I'm not going to go into it at length now because it's not the point here, but obviously Keli is a whole different uh, role. Keli is a recipient. Keli is a receptacle that's completely concealed, like you spoke earlier for the Shimu. It's completely concealed. This air er is not conceal- a concealment. This air er is a definition of the artist's flow, but it's not a concealment. Is it all of Atzmus? No, but also the air er makif isn't all of atmos, for that matter. But that's a distinction. We're talking about air. Er. But within air, within the emission, the difference is an emission that is in a form of ayin, no definition, substanceless, and an emission that is in a form of definition. That's why I'm using the word definition, even though he used Mitsia's dover, he doesn't mean Mitsia's dover as in physical substance. It's always possible that feeling, the other one is not possible. Is well, anatom, anatom, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one's role is not to have gile, The other one's role is to receive and actually to reveal an essence of the divine that's beyond revelation, the essence itself. Kali has has virtues that no Eir can, no can have. It, the earth carries, remember, the earth always carries all energy, even the energy of containers, but it's not a container. So really, it's really like almost three levels in any situation. You have an entity, you have the container... You know, let's put it this way. We, he gave examples for it. Here's a good example. If you want, letters on the page is containers, A B C D E. You combine them the right way, and they give off a message. You have er, that's er a message. Then there's a deeper message, like he said, er Ha'il al kolona, which is the sum total that's beyond the sum of the words, things that are more subtle between the lines. You know, then he said that even there you have something that er HaBliqvul. All the way to the point of the wisdom that goes into combined words. There's the different well It's all there. In Sefer Torah you have the epitome of the ermakev and the atzmi. The point is that just, there's these levels. But let's continue. Let's go back here. I don't want to get distracted. I just wanted to make that qualification. And this is also the meaning that this comes to effect. To have a function and an, an impact, a role, a. And this one does not, does not come to effect. That's the meaning. The imminent energy, because of its general purpose, its general role, identity, is to affect and to radiate into the worlds. That's why the root of its beginning. The way it's, the Chilis Metzius say, it's initial emergence, Hushenim Tzavim Metzius Dover, is that it should emerge as a type of Metzius, as a type of identity, because its purpose is to, 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 to radiate and affect the world. The Shaykh Because every effect, every impact is only possible when there's something of Metzius. You can't have an impact if there's nothing going on. So, the fact, we say now the fact that it's, <coughs> it comes to impact <coughs> is, what, is what compels it to be a mitzi is And the transcendent energy emerges in the form of ayin, <coughs> nothingness, substanceless, identityless. There's a word like that. Because it's not, its it's function is not to, it's, its identity is not to affect it's only to reveal the essence. Okay, so, what did he add here that we didn't know before? He added here like this now. He didn't yet follow up and, you know, conclude What could you say that the ermakiv doesn't have any impact? But he's explaining what does it mean? So he's saying um, Right now he's saying I mean I want to read further and see how he continues this He hasn't answered the question yet. He's just adding. What he added here is that all the way in the root, the er vshefa the explains to us the difference between primi and makif. That in er there is no. Um, I'm sorry, shefa. There's something of substance, an identity, and in er and there isn't. And therefore, the way what we describe it is one is. Comes to effect because it has an identity; it has a that's its function. The other one is substanceless and is iron because it doesn't have an impact. We'll soon get back to what the full meaning of that is. That's what he said right now. And in order to have impact, you have to have some type of identity. I assume what he means by that would be the following: to use the example the examples I've given before. Obviously, the sun has impact; it, it heats and illuminates the world. So, I don't want to use that example. Let's use the example of a teacher. Teacher is just sitting at his table, and there's a glow on his face because of his wisdom. So, incidentally, people can be impacted by it; they can be influenced by it. But that's incidental. He, he is just what he's being, who he is, and the glow on his face is just revealing. His wisdom, period. But if he wants to impact his student, he has to involve himself. He has to sit down and teach him, apply himself. Impact requires, not just the word effort, it requires an action. It requires some type of um, quantifiable and definable act. You want to throw a stone? You have to physically grab the stone and throw it. You can't just think about it. You can't just imagine it. So, when the soul is giving life, or the sun is shining, not getting now into whether they also have a purpose why they shine. But the way they function is not just effortless, but also substanceless. They're not giving off anything. They're not looking. They don't have to get involved in, and they're not um, emitting a, a particular identity. They are what they are, and they shine. And it has impact. Fine. We'll discuss that later. But... The way they fu- function is like air in that sense that's what air means shefa means that you are emitting something of substance that will remain and and with the student and and will there be will remain forever outside of you or if not forever temporarily so there's something there in order to be poil something that's that's so v'shefa comes to explain that so far that's so far what he said. That's Aaron shefa. Okay. That's right. So to say the effect that a student has by looking at the teacher's face, that's incidental effect. I'm not saying there's no effect. But when he says here, Lifel, Shabot Lifel, you know who Lifel? It means it's Indian is to Impact something. Impact requires you do something about it. You you emit something. Something has to be additionally emitted, not just your natural presence. That's what impact means in the, in this context. And the ermakiv because it doesn't have this thing that has to impact and have a um, what do you say impact um that's to achieve something, what did I say before lifel? Impact uh to accomplish and to achieve change something. Function. That type of function to function of something and so on. So that's why Lefisha Ain and Yon Liv Kimu Pchin is gilimana uh uh one second uh 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 nimmsachinis I Lefisha Ain and Yan Livkimupchin's gilimanatsa. Just revealing the essence. So he didn't yet answer the question, isn't that itself a purpose? What he did instead was say that there is, no matter how you twist it, even even if they, both, they do both achieve something, but the way they achieve it is very different. That's the bottom line. And one can be called that doesn't come to achieve something because all it is is revealing. In that sense that there's nothing that has to be... Um, that has to be emitted, as he said here. And this is what is understood from the example of Aaron Shefa. The Shefa, who Mohus the flow that's being emitted, is a thing that has Mohus identity and Metsius and substance. And that's why the transmission or the emission and the revelation from it. Could say maybe the transmission and the emission from it, its emanation, is not just in a form of, in a state of light or energy. Rather, something of something of substance, something is something is being is being is being em, uh, emitted. Now he's adding the only thing is it's only an external part of the source of the emitter. You're not giving all of yourself. You're giving an outer part of yourself. It's also called a reflection. If you recall, he said earlier. Where did he say this earlier? He says. I'm trying to remember where he says it. Okay, whatever. He said something earlier. So why do we call this Ha'ar? If it's Shafa, how are you suddenly using the word reflection? Because because the fact is, when a teacher is giving an idea, even though, as we just established, this is not like light, it's a Shafa form of, of a transmission, but it's chitzenius, because the outer part, is only a, is only a reflection, from what's going on really inside. Because the inner dimension is, is essential, is a fundamental element of you of the entity, of the source And the, and the outer is not that central and, and, and fundamental part of him it. Nevertheless it's coming from the of the primis. In other words, it's not just like sunlight, which has no uh, substance at all. Here it's coming, muhus Primis, like he said before, that it's informed by. It's coming from Muhusa So if it's sechel, for example, coming from a teacher, sechel, he's giving intelligence. You can't say this intelligence is, is just a reflection, just a mere reflection of himself, like this, let's say the glow on his face. He's, he's communicating an idea, so it's muhus aprimis. But it's relatively only a reflection, meaning only an external part of what he really has in his mind. When you throw a stone, does the power of that throw have all your power within your arm? No. You may have only used only a part of it. A lot more power. But to say nothing was emitted? Absolutely. The stone is flying, even if it's for an inch or two inches or a foot or two. Whereas sunlight or the energy of the soul... It's just a flow and there's absolutely no power being uh, invested in it, so to speak. The sun just has the power. It, it just gives off light. And I'm not saying the light has no power in it. And its impact can be even more than throwing a stone. We're not talking about the result. We're talking about from the perspective of the emitter. What From the perspective of the emitter, there's not, he's not giving off part of himself. That's why... As he said, when you're throwing a stone, you can't do something else. The sun can be giving off light to many di- and, 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 and all directions at once. Same thing with the soul. It can give life to every part of the body and to a thick body or a, 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 a thin body. But nevertheless, it's mi Seichel, however, is coming from Muhus, so it's an external. He's really, what we're doing really here, I'll tell you the truth, part of this is language. Because it all comes down to really language. The ideas are clear. What get confused is language. You start saying, is the word air, er, ha'ara, reflection, light, energy. I mean, remember, he began by saying that the Muqabalim used the word air er, where the philosophers used the word Shefa. They're both describing the same thing, an emission. They weren't talking about two different, it's not apples and oranges, because then there's no discussion. Then air er and Shefa, one is, you're talking about this type of emission. That, uh, so why did the Muqabalim, why did the Kabbalists use the word air er, and the philosopher Shefa for the same idea? Because each is emphasizing a different aspect of this emission, the philosophers focused much more on the emission as a function. God created something, so there's an emission that has definition, that has purpose, and so on. The Kabbalists went deeper and tried to understand the subtlety of how an emission flows from the divine. At the end of the day, both erpnimi and ermakiv are two emissions. One functions more like shefa, so they're both an emission. So a big part of this is really getting beyond the language and understanding. So when you use the word Ha'adah by shefa, don't get confused that suddenly he's defining. Obviously, shefa is also a, a form of any, everything you can define as energy. What what is an energy? Every emission is energy. If I'm emitting seichel, or I'm throwing a stone, or I'm drawing, or the sun is giving off energy, or a radio uh, or a transmitter is giving is is, is generating uh, sound waves, or a generator is electricity. Everything is emitting. But when you break it down, there's different types of emission. So what he added now is that Shefa, we also use the word ha'ara, reflection. What he means is not a reflection like sunlight type of reflection. Here there is something of substance. It's only the outer dimension of it, but it's from Mokhusa Primis. Like the inner intelligence that you have for yourself, the outer intelligence that is. Shaykh that is uh, uh, that is um, commensurate. commensurate, but no, Shaykh is that it's, um, it, it's a, 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 a within the reach of. And. Um, shaykh al-Makab, what means? Shaykh, just. It's a marshal. No, 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 we're not talking about marshal. Shaykh means that it is uh, re- relevant to that uh, the recipient. Ukumoi the parentheses, he adds, atzmi sa and similarly, is also the difference the essence of the intelligence and the way intelligence has a relationship already with, relationship is the word I wanted to use, with emotions, as we discussed earlier, chapter 55. I'm just remembering, it was in 55? Do you remember 55 such expression? making and Yeah, okay. I don't remember making and I remember making I remember in chapter 54 where he said about the difference between how the universe is created from Meichen and from Adas. he said chapter 55, let me look into it, okay. Bottom line, however, that there's a difference. This is an atzmi, this is not atzmi. Let me describe atzmi here. Sometimes by you say this person is an atzmi. Some people say this person is a chitzen. Okay, that's two extremes. A means somebody just, just a uh, chitzin means someone who's just what's the word is, is uh, not just superficial, but he just doesn't really have a primi. He's just showing not showing off. He's just uh, superficial. is Very good word. Superficial. He's just on, on the outside. He's like that. How did you translate a chitzin? A means he puts on a nice show, but there's nothing going on inside. A primi means someone that is a very internal person. But also internal, it's internal, meaning that what you see, you know, there's a deeper side, there's a real... atzmi is even deeper, an You say atzmi. The Rebbe Rashab, once the, the, the Bochum was singing a song preparing before he's going to say a mimer, and he saw them rushing the song because they wanted to hear the mimer already. Mm-hmm. So he spoke a whole sicha, instead of saying the mimer, he spoke a whole sicha about an, a different A'atzmi, a he called it. He says, a where he is, he's completely there. So while you're singing, you should be singing. Even though the, you know the song is a preparation for the next step, mm-hmm. but where he is, he's completely there. Beautiful. Yeah, the Rebbe gave the Rebbe told the story. It was um, nineteen seventy. Right in the beginning, huge fat twenty uh, the twentieth anniversary of the Rebbe's leadership. Huh? living in the present when they finished, right living in the present. But the Rebbe spoke like this. It was then they finished the Sefer Torah of Mashiach. Where were you guys in 1970? Did you hear news about it there? No. So So the, it was Yud Shabbat, it was a Friday. And the said Sefer Taylor, that the... Do Of course I remember. Was my, my bar mitzvah here. I remember vividly. Everyone thought Moshiach's coming that Friday. We got dressed up, like the Shabbos and everything. More than today? Today, for sure more than today. That's they Friday we did <laughs> Yud Shvat was Friday and a lot of people came relatively speaking the shul was still a small shul I remember of course I remember 13 you know, Yud Shvat and uh, the Rebbe said we're going to finish the Sefer Torah that Friedrich crowd began writing that and he said that we'll finish it to, and, and go with it to Mashiach so everybody bought letters in it and there was the whole thing the Rebbe had a fabring and that Friday afternoon Yud It was like big Yeah And uh, A lot of people came it was, uh, The Rabbi said To understand the idea Of uh, writing of a Sefer Torah And Chav uh, Shvat Ten days later Is when the guests that came Returned to Israel The Rabbi had a fabrenion That I think it was If Yud was Friday Ten days later would be what Yud Zayin would be uh, Shabbos Sunday, uh, Monday, yeah. Monday afternoon there was another Fabringen, special Fabringen. And um, in the middle of the Fabring, the Rebbe says, I could see people looking at the watch, at the clock, because they're rushing to go to the airport, have to go back. So the Rebbe told the story, he says, the Friedrich Rebbe, he says, the Schwer was uh, once, he was in Leningrad preparing to go for a very, very secret and dangerous meeting in Moscow. And it was just a few minutes, 15 minutes before they were planning to go to the train. The Rebbe says, I walked into my and I see him sitting. Wow. he's busy learning or doing something as oblivious. Not aware of, not, you know, usually before a trip, and this especially a dangerous trip, you think as if nothing. And the Rebbe said these words. I, felt, I said to myself, You know, self-control. But ad kach, to such an extent? He wondered. So he asked the Fridic Rebbe it's that. The Rebbe, the he, he asked, he, so he asked the Rebbe, ad kach? So the Fridic Rebbe answered. He said, that my father taught me the secret of Hatzloch zman, success in time. And so he asked, what means Hatzloch zman? It's not clear whether the Rebbe asked the Fridic Rebbe or the Fridic Rebbe asked the Rebbe Rashab. But anyway, the Rebbe Rashab explained zman means that in the moment when you're doing something, there's nothing else but that. And he gave the example of the Rajba. The Rajba would have a very busy day. He saw people. He studied. He answered questions. He involved uh, you know, all kinds of things. And still he had time every day to take a walk. Because where he was, he was completely there. So the Rebbe said, zman means where you are, you should be completely here. And not looking at the clock about the airport that you're planning to go to soon. But then the Rebbe said, obviously maybe you can't expect this from everybody. But nevertheless, according to Chassidim, the world is recreated anew every second. So there's no JFK, there's no airplane. There's nothing. Everything's going to be recreated anew anew until it's going to be there. But then the Rebbe said, but since some people anyway may not be there, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll sum up, you know, we'll uh, speed up the fabreng. So, I'm just giving an example for an Atzmi. I'm trying to explain an Atzmi. You see, it's hard to explain these things because we are not Atzmi fundamentally. We are, live in a Chachenez world. Like cynics like to say in Madison Avenue, it doesn't matter what happened, it matters what people think happened. That cynical statement tells you the secret of all of existence. It's an external existence, it's a lying. This world lies all the time. Even when it's not lying, it's lying. Because what you see is not what you get. You see a world, you don't see its source. You can deny its source, and, but it's constantly being renewed. Like the whole point is, why is this a false world? God put it here. Of course, of the lechem—it's a real existence, but it's not real if you think it's on its own. It's like giving uh, credence to the, the, the to the shell of, of a fruit, a to, to, uh, potato peel. People live on the potato peel, and they make their build their entire lives and plans around on the peel level. Forgetting there's something under the peel. There's a fruit within the peel. So an atzmi, so there's a khitchin is just someone who's completely superficial. Then there are people, you know, we all have an inner and an outer. A child, for example, if you remember he said before he said uh, about a child, last and the last memory was unbelievable, I thought. This this itself I'm like blown away by. A cotton is an atzmi. Kola atmis is there. Because he doesn't have anything blocking it. So what you see is everything. He's complete bitl. Bitl becholatz musay. As soon as we become intelligent, as soon as we become even more than that, we become conscious of ourselves, you right away have two things there's me and who I'm conscious of. Basically, a true experience, like before it's a Das, was there was no difference between the subject and the object. Meaning, you are, if you are Das, Mala when it says the world will be filled with divine knowledge as the waters cover the sea, you are Das. It's like a fish in water. Does a fish get wet? Does water get wet? You are water. You're, it, you're When you are the itness of it, you're not becoming it. So you're not like in a stage, okay, I'm uh, here I am, now I'm going to study something, now I know. Here I am dry, now I touched water, I got wet. You, you become one with the knowledge, then you are, that's called ready being, to... to, to to be mis'atzim with the thing. So object and subject, the world of duality that we live in, object, subject, gavre basically, person and and object, and then there's also, of course, your relationship with object is like poel up pnifel, is already a world where 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 there's the atzm is in one place, the chesenius is another, the pnimius is another. So basically, what he's saying is that when it comes to shefa or air, for that matter as well, but shefa Yes, of course, of course, the atzmi. It says, this, 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 this is atzmi, this is not atzmi. But there is something of the etzem that is being conveyed. There's something being transmitted. It's interesting. Earlier, if you remember, he said the rotzin, the of the rotzin, goes into the faculties, whereas the faculties themselves, the etzem doesn't go. It's only a reflection of them. it's almost like reverse. Because Rutzen there is the, is the transcendent, and the faculty is the immanent. There, however, he also said the it's is only a reflection of, but it doesn't go through gradations. So there, he was talking about Ha'ar in a different way. I mean, I'm just answering a question, because there you could say, you could argue the exact opposite. There he says, the Rutsen, that's why the Rutzen had rules everywhere, because it's dominant. But there, that's a different word. There, it's like the mina Etzem rules, because it doesn't consider anything, so it just tells you the way it is. That's the atzmi part of that. Here, on the other hand, there's something that actually of intelligence that goes into one faculty gives to another. But if you talk about it from the perspective of gradations, it's much more reflections as opposed to the rotzen, which is more of an atzmi's impact, which I don't want to go into now. I'm sure we'll discuss this. In other words, we're talking here about different types of, of, of impact, different types of relationships. So there's no question the will of somebody, as he said, dominates. It can actually completely conceal a person's faculties. You can reveal all the faculties. Whereas in faculties themselves, Kach's premium, internal energy, doesn't work that way. Because it measures itself. You know, when a teacher is teaching a student, there's a, a proportion going on. There's a relationship between them. So a relationship goes back and forth. A commander or a king ordering doesn't have that. And as we said earlier, that doesn't take as much but it's not as much internalized. So it goes both ways. Er atzmi, the er atzim, transcendent energy, gives you a more powerful force. But it's not that much internalized. So you don't really get it. It's really from outside of you. Where here, you're, you're, it's, it's not as powerful. But what it, what it is, it does get internalized. And you're getting something of substance that's remaining with you. So when the king orders you, yes, there's an atzmi going everywhere. Because it's controlling everything. But you're not... But there's nothing that the king is giving you of himself. He's just giving you his order. When you're getting intelligence, you're not getting maybe that same level of atzmi that is in desire, in the, in the will, and desire, but what you're getting has substance. So this, it all comes down to what you're talking about. Is the, So here we're talking in Shefa, the emission has some substance. It's only chetsenius. Like he said, compared to the etzim, the, the inner understanding of the, of the, of the, of the mashbiya, of the teacher. Or, like he said, his atzmi is the As opposed to the intelligence compared to the relationship with emotions. This is atzmi v'ze'eyna atzmi. And nevertheless, by shefa, the flow, the outer is from the inner. It's not like two separate worlds. You throw something or you're conveying intelligence, emanating intelligence. It's coming from the power of throwing or the power of your intelligence. All this is in general about something that is only a reflection. He's just making a qualification. All this is at the end of the day of a reflection. Because something that is really an atzmi, even part of the essence is also the essence. So he's adding now another dimension here that we didn't even discuss. We discussed it a lot earlier. At the end of the day, Eir and Shefa are both an emission, and in many ways are not the source. Now he's saying there's a thing called a real Atzmi. When you really have a part of the Etzem, not Etzem Haseichel, or Etzem Akeich. When you throw something, the throwing power, yes, is coming from the power within your arm, which is much more fundamental and much more powerful within. When you transmit intelligence to somebody, you're also giving them something of substance, but it's much deeper inside. But the Atzmi, Real etzem, wherever it goes, whatever you touch, you you get all of it. Which is why in a shoma, for example, a mal mamish, but it's an atzmi. So you touch a piece, you touch the whole thing. That's a qualification that's not discussed relevant here. He's just saying it to qualify again language, what we mean by atzmi. So that's a real, that's a ma'atzmi mamish. There's a lot of language going on in this chapter here. That's a lot what's going on is Eir, Shafa, Ha'ora, Atzmi, Tenis Primis. Bahamashakosabir Diveshuvu. B inyon Bitza Menukid Museinu and look at the explanation in the in the in the beer of Yeshuvu, it's a Maimur. In the Inyan, the concept Bitzamenu kid about when the human being were created in the image. What did we say? The image and shape of the divine. Shozou al Darah Moshellum Adam Shaisimatris Oyat. That this, for example, is like the image of a person that you shape, you create matris in a piece of matris clay matris. Metal. Before he said metal matris. What's matris? Matris is clay. Uh, Keris is no matris. Yeah, metal. Yeah. Oi etz or in wood. You no, know, when you etch, you etch in, 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 in you carve or etch. An image of a person. and And you also draw not just the thing, you also draw the life force. In other words, you see it's a live person. Either you see it adam, The chituchaivarim, the grave engraving, the the, the, the carving Chituch, the shape. What's chituch oh. is the, the form of the organs They're exactly like the organs of the person. So you see an arm in the image, it's exactly like the arm. What about the life force? You see, let's say a person throwing something in an image. So you can envision, but the the obviously, it's only it's only like a it's only a um, uh, it's only a shape, only a dmus. So Tselem is seeing, is, 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 they're both an image, that's clearly. But one is an image that gives you exactly the parameters, exactly the shape and form as it is in the original. And the other is only giving you a type of sense of it. So Dmus is, dmus is a sense, huh? Yeah, this, this, in this, this interpretation, there are other interpretations. It's only a sense. In other words, you, you sense the life force, but it's only a Dmus of it. The and shamban Nimshal, and look there. Delve there into the nimshal into how this into the lesson that comes of that we learn from this and look at what we learn discuss later chapter 369 with the fizeyuvin damah now he goes in parenthesis with the fizeyuvin damashat silus according to this we'll understand mashat silus hu ora sakav what's it the fizeyuvin damashat silus hu ora sakav and according to this, we'll understand that what Atzilus is only is a reflection of the Kav, of the line of energy that brings energy from before the symptom into existence. That this reflection of the Kav and is coming from the Muhus atsmis from the inner identity and essential personality of the Kav, That's higher than Atzilus. The Only thing is that it's in a form of outer. In other words, he's saying, this is like like the Shefa that he's describing. Nevertheless, it's only Mitziyas, it's not mahus You know it exists, but you don't know what it's like. We said mahus is mahu, what it's like. Like we learned earlier, chapter 38. I'm just looking there quickly. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Very Ches. Ch- ch- the being that it's only our outer reflection. We call canal, like we said earlier, and the pardus writes from the Ramak, the lamata That below, knowing that something exists, right, is not even a reflection of the essence. So and above. Meaning, down here below, how we know that God exists, that the divine exists, is not even a reflection of the Atmos. But above, meaning in the higher worlds, um, <laughs> the Metsiyas is actually knowing, is, is actually the reflection of the essence. <laughs> meaning that there is not just a reflection of a reflection, so to speak, but there's an essential understanding of it. <laughs> and maybe we can say that the containers of Ak are the dimension of air, of energy, of air. This is very dense, and and basically he's just applying what we're learning to this particular level. But we, let me just sum it up. What we've discussed here so far is the following. He's speaking how Shefa works, which means how internal energy works, Pnimi. So the key thing is that it works, that there's something of substance, something that is substantial that's being conveyed. Not just a reflection, like with the sun or the or the life force, where there's nothing being, nothing really being transmitted of substance, because it doesn't have to have an impact. Here, there's an impact. Shefa is an impact, so you're conveying, let's say, intelligence. However, it's an outer dimension of it. To explain outer and inner, or this, that this is atzmi, this is not atzmi, he says that it's similar to the tzelam Think of it like. You have the essence of something, you have a human being. That's the thing itself. We don't see the human being. We see now an image of the human being engraved in metal or in stone. Or in, I'm sorry, metal or in uh, in wood. There's two things here. You have the engraving of the, the organs. Okay, so you can now see, actually see something about this thing. That is like more, um, would be that would be more what he calls a... Um, that's Selim, yeah. That's selim What he's referring to it here. I'm just looking for what words it would be called. This is this is the Chayar I believe. That the, the outer, the the the, 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 the then with the life force that you're getting. That's maybe that's the outer. I'm not sure which is the outer. He's not spelling it out. Okay, one second. What's Come say, I have so Okay, not clear, positive, which way it goes here. Which is which? It seems that the Mus is probably the example he wants to explain. That you've you only get a sense of the, the, the energy. The of the, right, that's the Chatsunius. Yeah, that's what it looks like. The selim is, in other words, not really relevant here. Well, let's put this way. What level is that? That would be the level. Maybe that's what he's saying about ak in the parentheses. That's already above. That you yeah. get some type of muhusagili. Yeah. This is more a and So the of Ak maybe that's what he's saying. The containers of Ak are more like the tsalam. You're getting you get you're getting a, a clear picture of the actual organs, but the life force, the, the the But you're only getting an image of the of the thing, of the okay One second, one second, one second. Okay, After, we have to look there because it says you and Fine. Now, going out of the parentheses, and that's why the impact and the effect of Shefa, of the flow which this comes through a transmission and through an extension and expansion, who is in a, is in a state of. Manifestation and confinement, and as I said, commitment uh, apl- application. And they cause a change and, and, a, uh, and a and a spilus and even an excitement, an effect on the one that is the producer here, the one that's producing this uh, this impact. In this case, the transmitter, basically, or the emitter. yeah there's the whole the whole chapter is the whole thing A teacher is affected by his teaching yeah spotless Spiless means excitement literally but a means she knew change pilotless and there's a uh, emotional impact on him there's an impact on him um, why because as he said let's go back because even though it's only external but it's coming from the thing itself. It's coming from within itself, that's what he's saying. Even if it's only external. Fine. <sighs> now, on the other hand, by contrast, there's no substance, there's no identifiable entity here. And the tra- and transmission and emanation. Is all in the form of air. Er, it's all in the state of air. Er, not in a state of shefa. State of air, er, so it remains aloof, remains apart, it remains beyond, detached. And look what we'll say later in chapter 59. And that's why its impact, its effect, is not in the form of manifestation and confinement or commitment or application. And it doesn't cause any change, any spirals, therefore, in effect and impact on the source. Now this is, this is, now this is like, it's known about the two types of ayin. Ayin shel yesha ayin shel yesha Let's explain what that means. In Kabbalah Siddas, they talk about yesh, yesh, two states of itness. Yesh Amiti, let's say, is the divine essence, and Yesh Anivra is the, the 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 itness of existence. They're both an it. Obviously, there's the ultimate it, and this is the created it. Between any two states of Yesh, there needs to be an Ayin because how did it go from here to here? So a seed needs to go through rot, deteriorate, in order to grow into a plant. Um, everything. For, Creativity is a child of frustration. Uh-huh. You have to melt a piece of gold to shape it into a beautiful ornament. You have to shed a layer of skin to go to another layer of skin. Iain there's always an ayin. There's a vacuum, a void between two states. A metamorphosis requires a vacuum. ma. An ayin The expression is ayin be- Yes, yes. Just, yeah. I didn't say ma. Where did it say ma? I anyway. Yeah, the, the, the expression is ayin be'emsa. So, um, that's no, not, no, that's not, you are misunderstanding. Dover ma means there's no substance there. Yeah. But that, that's not, that's not the word ma, that's not what it means here. Anyway, so what you have here is an ayin in between. Now, when you break it down, Ksiddurus breaks it down, that really the ayin breaks into two parts. There's the ayin that from the yesh, the first yesh, meaning from the source, that it goes into, a, in the metaphor for this part, it like, so to speak, has an iron that represents it, and then there's an iron preceding the the new creation. So there's really the iron has two parts: the one that relates to the source and the one that relates to the product. We we'll call it the producer and the production. The producer and the production is an iron. Between the iron has two parts. So that's what he's saying now. An interface, an, an interface of ion. Exactly right. Exactly right. So he's saying this this that he's discussing here between Eir and Shefa is similar to what is similar to what is discussed about the two levels of ayin, There's the ayin, the void, you can say the, the nothingness, the vacuum of the yesh of the it, the real it, the true it. The and there's the nothingness from the perspective of the created it. Let me just explain what sometimes how the, what are these two ions? So when we, for example, from the nivra perspective, we say where did we come from? And we wonder something is beyond us. As far as you go, all it is it's ayin I don't know what it is. So I say it's ayin It's like beyond transcendence, beyond my experience. That's not the iron amiti. That's not the iron of the yeshamiti. It's the ayan of the yeshanivra. The yesh realizing there's an iron beyond it. The ayin of the yesha miti is the other way around. God says, I want to create a world. And um, in order to do so, I'm creating a state that is somewhat so like foreign to me. Because the, the yesha miti doesn't need an ayin. So it's right away, you know, it's not called Simpson. You'll see here, it's, it's, it's another perspective that is how the divine sees existence, basically. So there is also it's a form of, like it says sometimes Yesh ma'ayin, for us Ayin is elikus and for God we're the Ayin because that's the real Yesh. So the question is wh- which one is the mystery? Which one is the we call the anomaly? From our perspective, God is the anomaly. This is existence, elements with is This is this is apparent existence. This is given to us, and God is the is the mystery. Is the and from God's perspective, God is the reality, and we're the mystery. We're the aberration, so to speak. We're the anomaly. We're the novelty. So novelty, novel. It's, I novel. it's like the story with the chassid and the not chassid, where they argue about God, and this one, this one says yes, Then the back and forth, and then finally the chassid says to him, you know, I envy you, you think about God all the time. I have to be honest, I think about myself all the time. So the non Hassan was very impressed, you know, the compliment. But later he came to realize as he got older, or someone made him aware, it was really an insult. You think about God because you know you exist. You don't have to think about yourself. That's a given. Your only question is, does God exist? So you you, you ponder about God. I know that God exists. That's a given. I don't have to think about that. I think about myself all the time. Do I exist? How do I exist? Maybe I don't exist. Why do I exist? Those are the two ions right there. How would God destroy the world? So the yes says he'd bring a flood, he'd bring fire, he would spread out all the ashes. The, the ayn amiti would say, God wants to destroy, just, just stops speaking, just stops willing, and stops being. So here he goes. So, so there were ayin the das alyon va ayin the das tachtn. These two levels of ayin from the Yesh One is the ayin of das alien, the perspective from above, how the, the perspective above sees sees reality. The ayin the das tachtn, the ayin how the perspective below sees ayin. The ayin the das ein ainu b'chinas ayin mamish. From the perspective of below, to say it's it's not really ayin mamish. It's just relative to me. It's something beyond me. As is says nitzferan kein klal. You can't say that nothing at all exists from the perspective of the yesh below. Obviously, you, you, we are part of existence. Like he spoke earlier about bitl, that the bitl at the end of the day is a bitl mitsuyuse in his existence. Shari because this ayin is a source for this yesh. That's where it comes from. V'yef ayin mamish And you cannot say that it's utterly nothingness. It, there's a relationship. There's a proportional relationship. This ayin has given life to us. It's a mystery to us, so we call it ayin. What is it? But you can't call it complete nothingness. And it's only called ayin, meaning a borrowed name. When we say a borrowed name, shema musl is almost like a. What's the word in English? Shem A borrowed name. Not a nikkun, that's a shema kinui. Shema musl means borrowed. Using a name to describe something else, but it's not really that thing. For I in the ayin, the dasalian, however, the ayin of mamish is actual ayin. Because it's a reflection and it's completely nullified in the presence of the essence, of the source. So that ayin senses real nothingness. Real no substance, basically. And he's explaining these are going to be the two examples of eren and Shefa and er Pnime and er makif. So in other words, what this chapter is doing is, is going into a deeper understanding, of, especially when you, once you interpret the words. We're not talking here about, you know, he's not discussing the, purely the words, does it have a function or doesn't have a function. We're talking about the example comes to tell us what is being happening here. Is there something of substance? That's the most important thing. So, in other words, if you really think about it, if something is really an ayin of the yeshamiti, does it have a function? Yes, it may have a function. It has a purpose, you know, like the. But it, but it's so sublimated by the essence that that's all that matters. So there's nothing of substance there. That's the the focus here. So now he's going to explain. Well, similarly is <laughs> the difference between state of the, in, the imminent energy and the transcendent energy the imminent energy is to have an impact so it is fundamentally something of substance, of identity as I've been defining it and the transcendent energy is only a revelation of the essence revealing, expressing the essence it's in a state of ayin this ayin and nothing really nothing exists only the source and this is in their essential existence as they emerge from Atmos as he said earlier the all the way from the root now now he's going to come to the answer what's that sound? however as they these as they extend as they as they spread out outside of the source also the also the transcendent energy affects something has an impact okay let me before we continue here first of all what time is it it So, he asked the question at the beginning of the chapter, don't we see from the examples that they also have a function? How could you say they're just there to reveal the essence and they don't have a function? And also makif. Makif has an effect in the world. So just to say that it's just revealing the essence. So to, to explain it, he went to a long discussion here. That we really need to look deeper into what we're learning from these examples. What we mostly were learning from these examples is the this, is this state of being of what they're like. One is a identifiable state of being and one is not. That's the key. One, and that's what means one has a function. The function is because it has to impact something, it has to have some identity of what it's going to do. Ten spheres or whatever it may be. The other one is just revealing and therefore it is it, it is essentially iron. Has, doesn't have any type of identifi- identity still doesn't answer the question completely and but that's what they are both their roles as they leave as they emerge from Atmos and he went through this whole levels that how this works he speaks about Shefa that Shefa is something of substance even though it's external I'm just summing up the whole thing okay and air er, there's nothing of substance no identity at all in the transmission in the emission. That's all in the root, so now we understand from er and shefa what it means in the root. But now Ermakiv and Erprimi Primi are beginning to travel, so to speak. They travel before the Tzimtzum and after the Tzimtzum, and there are two realities, there are two forces in existence. She so says, that when, once they become two forces in existence, even Eir Ma'kiv now assumes, an, assumes, it's a, assumes a function. But it still retains its essential personality. That's what he's going to say now. So so what he's explained here is that and Shefa explains really the difference between Ma'aminu and Primi, both in their source and outer. In their source, the main focus is on what kind of is there substance here or no substance? Is there identity or there's no identity? Is it a complete Ayin, meaning like the Ayin of the Yesha Amiti, nothingness altogether, because all that matters is the source, or is the Ayin Nivra there's a sense of something beyond, but it's still commensurate and something it's still you can't call it complete ayah. It's only relative, uh, substanceless. So now he's saying now as they extend outward, meaning their impact here. So also makif has an impact. However, Raksha Makif ain't pnimi However, the impact, the effect, the function of Er is not similar at all. Can be compared to the, the function of Epidemi. Because as we said, even if starting from their source, one is manifest, invested, involved in a particular function and therefore has substance and therefore is involved in that. One is about internalizing. It's the teacher that's applying himself. The other one is just revealing the source. So yes, at some point, Markov will have an impact, but its impact is going to be completely different than the impact of er Primi. because all the way from the source they're different. Okay, for Indian who was the Indian in this is the yes. I'm sorry, in the Indian this is the the that that now in everything there's the. the Yesh atzimus v'ispastus. In everything there's an atzimus v'ispastus. Remember I explained before etzem and ispastus and atzmi. Etzem is how you are within yourself completely. Ispastus is how you express yourself. How you spread out. The gamba eid ensev. Also in the infinite light, the divine light. There's the essence of the divine light and there's its expression, its extension, its expansion. Everything has these two. Except, obviously, Atmos himself. The The essence of the energy is only the revelation of the essence. It's only to reveal, to express the essence. And the expression, the expansion of the energy, is that it's coming to impact something. This is what we discussed earlier in chapter 56, which is the previous chapter. Then, and the so and then the infinite divine light, fundamentally you can't give it any name. And if you give it a name, it's the name desire. Now he's explaining the deeper meaning of that. The intention in that is, the meaning in that is. At the end of the of the last minor You only call it Ein he said. But when you give it a name, it's called, like he says when it comes, it's called rotsun. So he says, what's the kavanah? The essence of the divine light, you can't call any name at all. But it's extension, because it's coming to impact something. There you can describe it. As I said, definition. Avarak shem rotsun. But only the name desire. Because desire has some connection to the thing you want, the object that you want. But it's not any type of substance of its own. Like we said earlier, desire, the whole example of desire, this explains why I use that example, is nothing but the desire of the soul. It has, yes, it wants something. So you, that's why you can give it a name. The name name, the name is desire. I, I desire. Because desire has a relationship with something. The essence of the divine light, you can't even say, I desire something. Because you need to give, that's, that's already a definition. Here desire has some type of, uh, the desire, the word rotson already has some type of definition. But it's the closest thing to no definition. Because it's only about desire. It doesn't say what you want. If you said seichel, that's already a real definition and that's why its function is not in a form of manifesting a form of commitment is in the base as we discussed earlier chapter 52 the whole discussion on rotson rotson does not manifest in the thing that it desires it it, it tells it orders and then the rest Begins, it automatically happens. We could say that in the soul, the essence of the desire is also to be content. That's not, that also is not, the fun, it's not, it's not, not a function. And it doesn't have a relationship with anything. It's only a reason for there to be a desire for it. the Khmoshis Barleyel Pedekanal, as we discussed earlier in that chapter 52. Then he said the word Tainuk, but before Tainuk he said, the fact that, remember he said desire does not get anything in return from the faculties that it, 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 it impacts. As opposed to, let's say, a teacher that gets something in return. So he asked the question in the parentheses there, what do you mean, doesn't he get content? When he understands something, or when he does somebody a favor, he's content. So he said two things. He said, number one is The contentment is not that you have more desire or the desire has taken on a shape. It's it's almost like an incidental effect of the whole process that you have contentment from it. It doesn't change anything, really. Right, it's successful so you have contentment from it. But it's not like it shapes the desire. It's not like you have more seichal, a teacher from students, they sharpen his mind. This is just almost like a, a, an incidental. And the sun doesn't have any contentment from the sun shining on earth. Correct. Here there is a contentment, but its contentment is not in a way that's impacting the desire. It's only a a type of result of. See, but it's a cause for it. That's how we... Can. And then he said, and primarily is that it impacts the pleasure. And the pleasure is communicating that contentment and desire, not the faculties are. Those are the two things he said. Here he's not mentioning pleasure. So he's just, he's just really saying that even desire, he's just explaining now, he explained to, what, is, what did he explain in this last section? He explained, to, he's trying to explain here how uh, there's like almost two stages, even in the Ermakif. There's the transcendent energy as it's in its source, there, no function, all it is revelation of its source. As it travels, as it begins to uh, uh, get, invo- as it becomes part of, emerges and becomes part of reality after the symptom in existence, its function is similar. It now has a function. And so he's explaining that's the difference between etsem and ispashlis in the source. The etsem, all is etsem, you can't even call it a name. There's no identity. Now you can call it an identity, now it's called desire. Remember the example for transcendent energy is desire. So that already is a name. A name, but it's not a name They could say, desire for what? We don't know for what. All it is a desire, but it's desire is already something outside of the pure essence where there's no desire at all. In the first chapter in I.M.B.S., in, in he made a whole case that, that without Kesser, without Rotson, you have no connection to anything. There's no relationship with anything. If I don't want something, I have no connection with it. There's no will, there's no relationship. Hmm. So even will is already a step away. But it's not a step like the faculties were, 10 spheres. So Rotson is a level before the ten spheres. Kesser, higher than the ten spheres, in the source. So that's what he's explained. The Etzema air er has no spheres, so to speak. It just doesn't even have a name. You say whether well, Anochi or even higher than that. Also added already. Uh, it depends. That's it depends, depends on what level. At the beginning of Rotson, Tainuot. Then there's how it at least has a name. But this name is Adam and C is Dover. In the parentheses he's adding that, well... You could say, if that's the case, there is something nitvus, because now I want something, I desire something. But remember, he made a whole case that desire is not nitvus; it's not, it's not confined by. So he's adding now, in the nefesh, meaning not just above, also by us, when you say that etzim you're, you're content, it's not for a function. It's also not relationship with things. It's just a cause for... So the contentment, why you desire, in other words, because you become content from this thing, That contentment is not the same type of relationship with the object, let's say, when you invest intelligence in it or emotions and so on. That's what he's adding here. He's just trying to explain that even Rotson is not nitvus. That's the point. it's definitely the higher level. (tries) The same thing as the level of energy and light. Fundamentally, it's complete ayin, substanceless and shapeless, formless. Completely. Legamli. shum It has no relationship with anything. All it is is a reflection of the source. And it's an extent. And it's an extension. When it spreads out, when it extends, how Obviously, lifni at symptom. Before the symptom, there's no spreading. It's all relative. But it's two types of states. And bispasu, how do b'chinas it already has a relationship and it affects something. But it still retains that element of it that it's not in the form of being confined by and by and being uh, manifesting in. So for example, when you see now the sun shines or the soul gives energy, yes, they have a function. But their way they function is not through Islapsh. So that's what he's adding here. So just to say that it doesn't have a function... This chapter qualified that it depends what you mean by function in, in in its source it has no function at all in its expansion it has a function but it's a function that is still not manifest in the in the in the object that it's that it's uh, impacting um, one second it's not a function that way that's not impacting one is of substance one is not of substance okay look this chapter needs explanation plenty of it in Havana, an understanding, it's not it's, it's it's actually very clear what he's saying, but you have to the Havana, the understanding of it. But let me let me finish reading, and then I'll explain today and the next class and so on. which means the who because it's the reason the fish because the fundamental essence of it, it's only a revelation and a expression of the essence. And it's in a state of ayin. Being that it's, sorry, I should have read, because it is fundamentally in its root, only revelation of the essence, and a state of nothingness, also in its extension, it's also in a form of nothingness. And even though the makif, as we said, the transcendent energy has an impact, uh, impacts the world, has a makif. It's in a form of, beyond it's not manifest and contained and it's everywhere equal as it's known that eden the infinite light the transcendent light even though it affects the worlds the comeshis bodies as we shall discuss is that the transcendent energy makes has many impacts on the worlds and he'll discuss the details later. It's not through manifesting in them. And this is what it says, as we learned earlier, that the heavens and the heaven the heavens cannot contain you. Because they're not a container to the transcendent energy to receive them internally. Remember, we said only this glory, which that manifests in different stages, that manifests in the world. And their stages in heaven and earth differently. But it says, that I fill all of the world. Ani, my essence, the essence of the light, the transcendent. Is in the same category the heaven and heavens cannot contain you. Because we're talking about the transcendent energy. So the infinite the eminent energy cannot i'm sorry, they cannot be contained in a form of immanence. Ma Begins Makiv Levad. Rather, only that they radiate in the form of makif. He's going back now to chapter um, 49, which this was discussed. He's, it's connecting it all. Mak of Lovat. Or Mak of Lekulim And it surrounds them, and it transcends them, all of them equally. Lekulim, to all of them equally. Mak of Lovat. Because they're not a container to this energy, as we spoke. In Pnimi, everything is a container to an energy. Shagama Madregas Hayesu El Yena Be'er Sheba Because even the highest level in the world, Kumei B'chinas parts of Da'ak. Like the configuration of Odem Kadmon, the primordial man, the highest level in existence. That's the level of Shemei We said heavens and the heavens of heavens. What's the heaven of heavens? That's Ak. There's Tahiri law. These are new terms he hasn't used before, I believe. Tehiri law means the higher... Uh, Tehiri literally means air. can be air. But Tahiri Law is a level in Kabbalah and that talks about Tahiri Law is usually the energy before Attilas. There's different opinions. Sometimes Tirata La is used afterwards. There's footnotes on this elsewhere. We won't discuss that right now. But for now, Tirata Ta Shakat Simtsum. This is so called the lower luminary. Tahir can be luminary. The lower is low luminary, that's after the Tsimtsum. Even the high even that highest level, Gamkin and the is also not a container for this transcendent energy. Li is Babi Pchin that it should be able to permeate it, and penetrate it, internalize it. Only in a transcendent, from distance, a detached way. And therefore, and, and the same reason, and, and, and naturally, and therefore, It also surrounds even the highest levels. It's an equalizer. Like it says, Below the arms. Not the arms, what's the zereya? The zereya, no? The arms, shoulders. You say shoulders? Zereya is... Yeah, the shoulders, the arms of the le- of the world. So, Metachas below shoulders of the, the is the world. So even the lowest levels also. This is referring to the general Seviv. Not this, remember every world has a Kesser. Every world has its desire. Every world has its so called transcendent energy. Here we're talking about the transcendent of the transcendent. The Kavachut that surrounds. And encompasses on t- closest us, the overall cosmic order that was that is shaped by the Kavachut. by the ray and uh, thread of light. So kol surrounds them all equally. Is the all the big equalizer like the eagle hagadol, the big surround? This is the way talking about. Or it could be the eagle hagadol from before the tzimtzum. It doesn't say. It doesn't spell it out. It. Really no, even the highest worlds. Are, don't contain this but what is it this can be is usually the hagadol, it's usually the light that remains after the, the light right before the symptom that becomes so-called the big circle it's called okay this is a heavy chapter in Havana but uh, let me read the kiter we'll explain it tomorrow because it's already getting late <speaking in Hebrew> Seemingly, the light of the sun and the light and energy of the spirit, the soul, also has is also to impact, also to have a fun, also has some little function to pull them. However, what's understood from the examples which are air that the energy light does not impact in a form of manifestation. That's because it's not an identifiable entity. The shefah who Shefa, the, the, the transmission and emission of the flow is a, identifiable matter. And something something essential, something of the essential identity of, of the reflection is being transmitted to affect something to cause to have some impact. And therefore it comes in a form of manifestation and containment. Containment is the right word. Well, and above this is the imminent energy because its purpose is to affect therefore it emanates it, it, it emerged in a form of that you have an identifiable energy and the reflection of the kava the nautillus is from the essence of the energy that's higher than Atlus that's like Shefa what he's saying right now. The moose. Okay. And that's why it affects in a form of manifestation and containment. Energy, on the other hand, as opposed to Shefa, its inion, its role, its personality is revel- revealing the essence expressing the essence and it has within it two states one is its essential energy and its, its extension its extension is to impact but the way it impacts is not in a manifested form in a form of makif that's why it surrounds everything it encompasses everything equally so basically, it's, it's demonstrated here that Oyer really has two stages in it. And this is all not Shefa. One is as it is in its own right, meaning as it emerges from the essence. And there only is the recognition of its revealing the essence. And then it's how it begins to manifest, and exi- not manifest, it's not the right word. How it begins to spread, how it begins to go beyond that state. And that's how it's, it plays a role in existence. And, but that role is a, still a transcendent role. Bottom line, in, in if you want to put it in spiritual and personal terms, what he wants to establish in the interface is this, that you can have transcendence within existence. That's the Shafa, though. No, shefa is not transcendence. Tra- shefa is immanence, is eight. a relationship. Yeah. So, uh, so what he's established here in that interface is that it's not that transcendent. You could say, you could argue, you know what, in existence all you have is imminence. You have a relationship with a diminished state of divine. But if you want the, the, the undiminished state, the undiluted form, unfettered, you have to completely go out of existence. He's saying here that no, in within existence we also have transcendence. That transcendence is rooted in a transcendence that is beyond everything. So it has a function that later we're going to discuss the details of this transcendent function. But what he's established is that there's two levels in that itself. Okay, we'll stop here. That's discourse 14. 15, I'm sorry. We just studied uh, chapter 57, page 104 through 106. Okay.